0: All right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our contention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right. I am so excited to have this one on the podcast this morning. We're going to talk about so many things. Get out your notepads. You're probably going to take notes if you're on the bike, if you're, you know, whatever you're doing. She's so quotable. This woman has made a career out of, some of you have heard of software as a service. She offers stories as a service. She's had a degree in in film and spent years in advertising branding products, places, people. She now has her own strategic writing practice. She knows the power of weaving a compelling tale. She's now a social media ghostwriter. I love how that she says on her site, that's a thing. (laughs) She helps leaders craft their stories. And, you know, she really also loves to write engaging, original, authentic career stories for her clients to position them for success. She's a leading contributor for Forbes. She covers personal transformation, its impact on career growth. She also has an awesome newsletter called Illuminate Me. I highly recommend it. And she's active on tons of social media channels. Please welcome none other than Amy Blatchka to the podcast. Welcome, Amy
1: Thanks Alex, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: Yeah. So, Amy, I heard on a podcast, I always like people talk the first question kind of about you and and kind of what you love. And on a podcast I heard you say your why, we talked about Simon Sinek before the podcast, your why is I enjoy inspiring transformation. So, mm-hmm. in your words, just what does the word inspiration mean to you? And I want you to think of maybe someone who maybe inspired you to do what you do today. And I bet you there's a lot in your career, but if you had to pick someone to thank, who would it be? But, you know, unpack that a little bit for us.
1: Oh my goodness. There's so many, right? So (laughs) inspiring transformation. So first of all, to inspire someone, I, I feel like when you inspire someone to take positive actions, and if somebody tells me like, oh my gosh, Amy, because of something I read that you, you know, you put out there, it helped me do this, or I made the decision to do this, whatever inspiring action. Oh my gosh. And transformation and positive. That's like the highest compliment. And so, you know, inspiring someone is really getting them to do something and transformation. I see it as a very positive thing. I, you know, because I'm someone who always sees the possibilities and I think I just naturally am wired that way, but getting back to kind of who's inspired me. There are plenty of people throughout my career, but I will tell you, it always started at home. So for me with my parents, It was never a question of you could never do that. It's just like, oh, figure out a way, you know, sort of thing. And both my parents are very good at seeing what isn't even there yet. You know, they can envision things. So Mm -hmm. not surprisingly, whether or not it was like a a DIY, like home related project, like I'm super handy too. Like I I know how to do things (laughs) around the house. And I enjoy that because I feel like when you can see what's possible, you know, not just what is, that opens up a whole world to you. So when I talk about inspiring transformation, and that's my why, I just, I get so delighted, genuinely delighted when I see that little light bulb go off for other people like, I, I didn't even think that was something that could be, oh my gosh, that's, you know, and then they start moving in that direction. So, you know, for me, it started at home with my parents, certainly. And I have two sisters who are very much embody that same sort of spirit and mindset as well. I've certainly had mentors along the way professionally, a business partner and a good friend who was actually the reason who pushed me to become a writer off the path I was headed down, which was a very like not fulfilling path.
0: <laughs> <for me. laughs> I can tell so, that. So, you answer. know, so
1: that so I, I mean, the idea that I could do that for somebody else. So I like to say I aspire to inspire. And inspiring transformation is, to me, like, that's the end-all be-all. Like I aspire to inspire a million people to just positively change their worlds. And, you know, you can do that one person at a time,
0: human to human. Yeah, I know. It's it's so, man, it it really hits you because I feel like the word inspiration for me, it's an emotional feeling. Mm -hmm. It's someone to, you know, when you're saying like a light bulb goes off and like, that's like something that. You're not telling someone, you're not giving someone an, an answer, you're not presenting to them anymore. It's something deeper than that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh wow, like'm I'm, I'm looking at the world differently because I saw the world from a different point of view than you're, you know, giving to me. And I almost feel in a way that that's, you know, that's not easy for people to do. So you know i'm I'm so curious at like how you do it because you do it in your career. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, how that plays out in your and what you do every single day, that that feeling of inspiration. And I know there's so many you know stories that people have, I'm sure
1: I think with my clients, a lot of it comes down to helping them with clarity right? So everybody's busy. Everyone's a million things going on. And the clients that I work with either for social media, ghostwriting, it's, it's really about taking what's in their heads and stuff that like, I'm not doing something that they don't already think or know, but I'm helping sort of be the conduit and, you know, to help clarify, concise, compel, like have it come down to something that they're like, Oh, You know, like it was really right in front of them and they just didn't really realize that. And the same thing on the career story side, we're often, we are typically our own worst critics. If something comes really easy to us, we tend to discount it thinking, oh, well, everybody thinks that way, does that. It's not a big deal. It's not very valuable because it must be a commodity. Everyone must do this. And the truth is that- that's not the case, and, and I don't know. so the things that we think are no big deal that happen just quickly, easily for us with eh, a not big deal. And I will tell you, it it happens time and time again with my clients where I'm like, that's your gift. Like they don't see it, and I think my gift is helping others see theirs the the highest and best use of their talents. And it could be too that kind of getting back to the inspiring thing. It's not that they need this from me, but sometimes it's just that giving themselves permission that it's okay to like actually, yeah, you know, you can do that. You can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to be stuck in some preconceived notion that maybe you formulated back in 11th grade or that (laughs) some, you know, well-intended teacher, professor, boss, you know, parent, whatever, oh no, you're going to do this, you know, and you get stuck on this track. And it's, it's amazing what, you know, things open up and they start to get this momentum once, you know, they change the stories in their head and they become be kind of like, oh, okay, this is what's possible. So, you know, I think I'm getting off topic now, but everything is really interconnected. And I think more than anything, when I talk to clients, it's helping them see that, that yeah. it's, there is nothing random, even if they've had a very nonlinear career path even if they think, oh, you know, this, this won't apply, then they're telling me a story and we'll figure out their why, even though yeah. they don't realize that's what they're doing is that I'll say, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. do you mean this? Is it? Sound? And it's like kind of pulling that thread and they're like, oh, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of like self-discovery, but it's having that thinking partner, having me kind of be there to kind of go back and forth that maybe they hadn't done before, or they were stuck too much as we all tend to do. And I raise my hand on this one. You get stuck in your own head right? And kind of recounting and overthinking and oh my gosh, my gosh. But when you speak words out loud to another human, <laughs> it really helps to kind of get a new perspective. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. I love that word thinking partner. I mean, I'm sure there, like you said, there's so many good mentors that you've had in your career. I don't think we have the ability ourselves individually to create our own stories because we mm-hmm. only have our own perspectives. It's, our stories are filtered through our own minds of ourselves, like, and and just what we tell ourselves and to protect ourselves. And, you know, I think Adam Grant calls it a challenge network. Sometimes he he really mm-hmm. wants people to give them real feedback. Like, you know, like I'm not going to be mad. I need it. I need you to yeah. be harsh on me. I need to, you to tell me like the real, real, you know, yeah. sometimes. And, you know, when people are asked about themselves, like to introduce themselves to people, sometimes it's networking, just connecting. It's sometimes like, all over the place like even i'm i'm guilty of it like hey alex like introduce yourself to me like you know like tell me and i think of all these things and i blurt out all these things about myself and i'm like talking for you know 5 minutes more than i need to be so what do you think about when someone's like amy like tell me about amy what what should i know how do you introduce yourself what are the themes how do you craft that to be so concise cuz i feel like you're so gifted that's one of your superpowers this being Uh, (laughs) concise even though you may sometimes think you don't
1: when it's in a career context it's certainly I kind of go with the headline you know that and you've already introduced you know social media ghostwriter helps leaders craft their stories communicate and connect better uh, by magnifying their reach and impact so it's really rooted in yes it's about me but it's it's not about me it's about how I serve and help others and who in particular and how do I do that when you're asking more about me, to, you know, Amy, the human, you've already talked about my why, right? So inspiring transformation. And I think, you know, more than anything, I would say for me, that's really shaped who I am. And now, now as a person of a certain age, I, I can see this, that I think I've just allowed my curiosity to lead me, whether it was career or life. And that brings into my orbit, interesting people, interesting experiences and being open to those things. And I love that. I love the variety. I love sort of that complexity because to me, the best ideas are always the intersections of things that don't normally go together. And the way my my weird brain works, um, and I say weird in an endearing way, I'm not... If I'm a weirdo, I'm a weirdo. But it's that always is searching for meaning and finding connections and even among very disparate topics and things and people trying to find that sort of common ground and what strings everything together, because I feel like that's the essence of connection and community and trying to find that. So, you know, I, I joke about this with friends and my family. I can be in a when we could do this, be in a room full of people and of all different ages and backgrounds and everything, and inevitably I'll be like, "Oh yeah!" Like I'll just think, "Oh, we're all about the same age." When I could probably be somebody's mom or you know, it's like you know, or someone's <laughs> daughter or something. But I think that's just the way I move through the world. So if you know nothing else about me, know that you know I'm enthusiastic, genuinely so, and yeah. and and very curious. And I feel like. That serves me really well in life because I generally, I like people and I like learning about them because I love figuring out what makes people tick. Because I, mean, I feel like when you get past all the you know platitudes and sort of the, uh, this, really, like you said, it comes down to, it's human to human. It's it's connecting with people. Before people are the CEOs or the investors or they're the this or the this or whatever their title at the very basic, it's people. You are a human being, you you know, before anything else. And when you can get to that level, you're going to find deeper intimacy and relationships will blossom. You'll have more trust, more connection communication when you can drop all the silly facades and everything. that Everyone feels like they have to, you know, be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way when you're just yourself and you're more vulnerable, certainly. But that's where the magic happens, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean... I, I always say this, like it's in business, it's never just business. It's always personal. You could be in B2B or B2C, but it's always P2P or H2H. I mean, it's always, I, I think about kind of, man, like not everyone feels like they may, like you, you may not look at someone and and, and think that they're, they're like, want to get deep and want to you know connect with you. But I feel like now more than ever, people are craving it. People do want to just have a, a real conversation and not feel like you know they're they're on something scripted i guess you could say like because when you feel that maybe you've felt that before when you've been interviewed or when you've had a conversation when it just felt like they were going through motions or they were going through steps right i,
1: I i've had both and it's apparent that they're literally working off a script so it could be you know with someone who i i want to work maybe and the thing that that triggers to me, which is one of my pet peeves, is they're not listening, right? It's just about getting through the next talking point, right? That there's no acknowledgement, especially if you've opened your heart and opened, you know, you're sharing (laughs) things. And I'm one of those people, by the way, which probably won't surprise you that, you know, I, when, like we were still, when you're still traveling and stuff, People just start talking to me randomly oh, I and love, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I, that they trust me, but I will be on a flight. And this has happened so many times where people, I end up knowing intimate details. Of their personal personalized. I'm like, okay. But, yeah. but, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, if you're a good listener, if you, you know, give off that vibe and it's not just, you know, jokingly, yes, somebody on a plane, but truly in business and in life, there's so few people that, you know, really, It's an untapped attribute, an untapped soft skill, that listening, to be able to really listen and not just listen to formulate your response, but listen to understand, all right? Listen to really get at that. And, you know, talk about salespeople, the best salespeople are the best listeners, I think, because you know your customer and you can ask questions and it's not all about this transaction. It's about the relationship. So, you know, people discount that, oh, I got to do this and whatever. I I mean, it's very basic simply, but it works. It's just listening. It is. You're right. I, and people have that sort of radar. If they feel like you're not listening, they're going to shut down and they're going to shut down your call. They're not going to feel like they can share and they won't want to share and they won't want to do business with you. They don't trust you. They don't like you probably. <laughs> so we're like, no, I'm done. They're going to yeah. put up a wall, which is, you know, any barrier that, that that's just don't do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you talk so much about like soft skills and you talk a lot about, I mean, what you just said, it's, I think that, you know, we don't pay enough attention to actually applying these soft skills. And that's mm-hmm. what I think you write so well about is, I mean, sure people are like, duh, Amy, I have to listen and, and be curious. Mm-hmm. And I I am, you know, I am. Well, okay. Tell me what that really is for you. and. A lot of times, it's you know just taking notes, or it's it's not like kind of trying to weave in the conversation, trying to let the conversation kind of guide you, not your your, right. your direction, right? I, I'm curious, like your preparation when you're talking to clients, you just blank notepad and like you ask maybe a couple key questions. I I, I know you, you you mentioned a few of them, but what are some of the things you do kind of to to help kind of figure out and help that curiosity? Uh, and that listening actually takes shape when you're you're in an interview with a, a new client, let's say.
1: The first question that I ask every new client is, what do you want? And not in a in a snotty, what do you want way, you know? It, it's really what do you want? More like your goal. What what is it? Because if they don't know, it's hard to help them get there, right? And so sometimes they know immediately and they'll be like, I want to do blah, 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 blah right and i'm here and i want to be here and i want to get there can you help me yes that's that clarity piece right getting at what do you want and and sometimes my job is to really just with that very basic question be like it stumps people sometimes because it's it sounds Perfect. easy but it's you know it's not always and Sometimes it, it's just a process of elimination. They'll, you know, I'll talk through, we'll, well, you know, if you did know, what would it look like? And tell me some of the things. And we kind of go through. And it's like, so it sounds like it, it just sort of listen listener repackages it this, is it that? But that's always the first question. And then usually it's in a very organic conversation. And even if we know what we want. So say it's a, a, a client I've had for a while, a ghostwriting client. And, you know, what we'll do is we have a conversation every week. I'll I'll start with what's going on in your world or some variation of that, right? Because the stuff that we're writing about, it's rooted in their real world experience. It's not, you know, I'm a ghostwriter, but I'm not making stuff up for them. It's really about being a conduit for their experiences and their insights and, you know, how they move through the world. And inevitably, that's best told through a narrative, through a story, through an experience they've had. So, when I say what's going on in your world, that's not a yes or no question, right? And a lot of times they don't even realize what's going on. They haven't had a chance to process until somebody asks them and they're just talking. They think it's a warm-up sort of, oh, how are you type of thing. And they'll get at something that just happened at work. They just got off a call or something happened with their kid. I mean, it's, you know, it's real world, right? It's, it's not always rainbows and unicorns, right? So, you know, it might be something, you know, kind of challenging that just happened, but we'll end up talking through it. And in the course of talking it out, I mean, I've had clients tell me this, and I'm I'm not a licensed therapist, but they'll say, wow, this is like therapy because, you know, they're sharing, they're talking about what's going on, and it's a chance to sort of offload that bit and then create something usable and productive from it. So even if it was, oh man, I just had to fire somebody or, oh, I had a rough call with a client or something happened here or an investor didn't invest, something like that, we can sort of take that and what's the insight there? What's the learning? When And so not only do they have something to help and share their wisdom for others, they kind of feel like, oh, okay, it's not so bad because actually, even though this thing that looks bad happened, here's what I gained from that. Here's, you know, how I handled it. Here's how I made my way through. So more than anything, I think it's just asking some open-ended questions. And then a lot of times it just repeating back sort of the way I heard it. It's like, what I'm hearing is this, yeah, which I think question. is common in therapy. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, so uh, tell me more, you know, what, why do you say that? And, and I will tell you that I do do this. So I am a nice kind person, but if my client has told me, you know, when I say, what do you want? And they tell me X, if they start doing something that does not sound or support like X, I will call them out on it. I'll say, um, okay, hold on. You said you wanted this. But now we're moving over here. So, has what you want to changed? Is it that, you know, so it's kind of keeping them honest and accountable. And they don't even realize sometimes they're doing that. Oh, you're right. Right. Okay. Great. I need to be reined in. We need to focus on this because it's too many shiny objects, right? Too many things going on where they can kind of scatter. So, I think it's just kind of keep bringing them back, align, listen, repeat back, sort of. Okay. Is this right? Is this where you want to go? Yes. Okay. But it's not that I have a standard list of questions other than, what's going on in your world, you know, that's just sort of, and that works by the way, with almost any conversation, yeah. it's an opener, right?
0: I <laughs> sure I completely agree. And, you know, that, that question, like what's going on in your world and you could go so many different places you don't even know. And, mm-hmm. and when, when you ask people what they want, a lot of times I would imagine, you know, with all the people that say that they know what they want, they mm-hmm. really don't, you have to kind of talk it out with them. Yeah. I want to be you know, seen as a thought leader on LinkedIn. Well, what does that really mean? You know, like that's the follow-up then. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) in
1: in what areas and why, and why is that important to you? And you know, what will that help you ultimately do what, you know, so it's not enough that I want to be, you know, whatever. I want to be a a superhero. You know, it's, it's I'm going to keep asking you why questions to get to kind of the root of that and what it really is about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of want to transition to kind of what you're doing, because a lot of people might be like, okay, like people that listening to this, they're sometimes salespeople trained in sales for 20 years and they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm doing these things. And some of them aren't even in sales. Like I have interviewed people that have never had a quota or anything like that or commission. They're just connecting with people and people are drawn to them. And I feel like in a way, like what you're saying, what you're doing, asking those questions, people are saying, wow, this is like. I want to keep having calls with you because Amy adds value to every conversation, not even like to what I thought I was coming to her for. It's just that I'm finding out something new when I'm talking to her. So yeah, I guess it's kind of like, how have you seen something like this? You know, when you are helping people craft stories about themselves, how do you think that that ability for someone to create their story and tell it concisely and creatively draws other people to them by virtue of these conversations that you have.
1: There are a couple things. So I, I think I mentioned this earlier. There's two sides to my business. So the social media ghostwriting is really about helping leaders share their wisdom, usually in the form of LinkedIn updates, sometimes articles, those sort of thing. Those are short, like, what is it? 1,300 characters, right? Like about 200 words, which is surprisingly difficult for people to be more concise and brief and having one takeaway. So I help them with that. But in terms of their what I call a career story, which is really about positioning or lately more about repositioning, right? People have had to pivot because of COVID or whatever, either by choice or by circumstance, is really about how they are showing up. How do they position themselves to others? And oftentimes I'll have people say, I just, I, and this is true of every single one of my clients, I hate talking about myself. I don't know what to say, right? Well, that's why you work with somebody else, right? Because guess what? Someone else can be more objective than you can. But I think more than anything, there's a couple of things going on. When you're telling your story, yes, it should be about you, right? It should be uniquely about you, your personal, professional experiences, but you need to make it easy for somebody else and not just anybody else, intended audience, right? So, yes, you know, when you put yourself out there, you in a, in a certain way, you're going to attract people to you. That's the beauty of, you know, sharing content, that's the beauty of having, you know, a presence that positions you in such a way that you're like, yeah, that's how who I am and who I want to attract. But you have to be very clear about that intended audience. You would probably be speaking differently about yourself and your talent and your experience if you were looking if you were a CEO trying to attract talent. Right to to come to your company versus you're speaking to investors. Or if you are lobbying, you're trying to get to the next level, which a lot of my clients either are there or kind of pivoting to something a little different. It's a different way to talk to. So you have to keep your end user or your audience in mind too, as you tell that story. Mm. However, I would make sure that your story, when you are crafting it, that tone is very much, it's conversational, the way that you would talk, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. if, if you were writing With your story, Alex, it wouldn't be all academic right. and, you know, jargon-laden. And I advise this for all of my clients. Just it's, it make it real you. You don't have to dumb it down, but you certainly want to make it easy for people to quickly understand who you are, what you're about, the value you bring, why you're different, and, you know, who you help and how right? The less work that your intended audience has to do to kind of get it quickly, you, the better. And I think, you know, one fear that people have and what trips them up is they, they're they scared to sort of niche down and focus on that audience and their kind of unique skill set. I mean, I will tell you, as someone who's had a very nonlinear career, who lets her curiosity leader, who has a lot of different interests, right? You don't want to be so scattered, and it will appear that way. If you're like, and you've seen people like on LinkedIn, right? Where they're, you know, I'm, a, I'm an accountant, I'm a thought leader, I am a, you know, oh, um, I Bitcoin, I am a, you know, marketer. I'm a, th- there's too many things. And I'm sorry, you may be great at all of them, but probably not. Lead with your best, lead with the highest and best use of your talents, because what will happen is those that are looking for that and for you, someone like you, will be attracted to you and those that aren't will drop away. And that's okay. You need to be okay with the people that aren't part of that intended audience to kind of keep scrolling or move on by because, you know, that opens it up and it it allows you to kind of showcase yourself to the right audience and the right people. And this is hard sometimes for people, especially if they're shifting industries, what they're doing, like, oh, but I've always done it this way. So one of the things I like to say is you need to sell your destiny, not your history right? So your experience is important, but it needs to align with where you are going. And you need to talk about that, not kind of the stuff you've already done, you know, unless that, you know, you've always done that and you're still doing that, that that's great. But there are not a lot of people who are still doing today what they were doing 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? Even a year ago, in some instances. So it's, and it's okay to shift that. And it's okay not to mention every single thing. If it doesn't align and support what you want, right, which is that basic question, then want. leave it out. Or, or it's lower down on, you know, your, your you know, on your experience, or it's, it's still on your resume somewhere if it really matters. So if you've included something, be very intentional with it and string it together, make it easy for someone to understand why it's included as part of your experience or something that you would mention. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're gonna be like, well, I don't get it, you know, and if you confuse people, you're going to lose people. So don't do that, you know, be very intentional.
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh, you said a lot there. (laughs) (laughs) So Amy, you said something there that really struck me and I think a lot of people struggle with, and I'm curious like what people tend to get wrong with that mode, leaving things out and Mm -hmm. um, knowing what to leave out. Do you advise people on, you know, kind of what things are really, key to kind of leave out and questions to ask, because again, you know, you ask that question, what do you want? But I think sometimes people can be confused about what they want to include. Like, I'm guilty of this. I am I just want people to know all about me, everything <laughs> that I can do. And so you need to know that, you know, I've worked at these five other places because they tell all my story and, mm-hmm. you know, they're all part of me. You know, I, I love that quote that you said about talk about your 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 destiny, not your history. But, you know, I'm like, but you can't know me if you don't know that I like, you know, sold like coupons door to door or that Mm -hmm. I, you know, that I worked at this inside call center or here's the all the responsibilities under my profile or here's all the Mm -hmm. things that I've done. And I list out like a paragraph thick of text of all the (laughs) things that I've, you know, that I'm competent at. So, you know, it, it does get that confusion. So where do people tend to get wrong in, in terms of leaving things out? And what would you kind of advise in terms of what, what can go?
1: So I think it, it's going to sound like a broken record. So we start always with what do you want? OK, we've established what you want. And then the question is, if you should leave it out or should you keep it in? Well, OK, if you're going to leave it in, how does that relate to what you want? You know, is there a okay. way to concisely okay. talk about that? If you and and I'll have this clients like, tell me why we should include that. And they're like oh, oh yeah. I don't know. And I'm like, no, not good <laughs> enough. It <laughs> doesn't uh, because <laughs> the reality is you don't need to give explicit detail, particularly in something like, say, your LinkedIn summary, right? The about section, because that's like twenty six hundred characters. So it's the length literally of two updates. That's the max that you have. And you want to have some white space so people that are actually reading it aren't going to be, you know, like, oh my God, this is a big block of text. I'm not, it's too hard. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like danger. I'm not going to read that. So the, the purpose, I think, of the about section, it's a summary, right? It's to pique the interest of your intended audience, right? And you want to have at the very end of it, you can touch on your specialties, you can do this you want to weave together sort of the, the narrative of your entire career. So there's not room to have 10 different things under each thing in that summary. You have an experience section where you have, you know, things that you've listed, these different roles and different companies and different things. And it's fine to put there, specifics to that. But when someone's just like, well, I just kind of want to know about Alex, what's the key idea? What's the takeaway? You want to keep that in mind with that intended audience. What do I want them to take away after reading this? And then again, how do I make it easy? What do I want them to do? Do I want them to connect with me? Do I want them to send me a message? Do I want them to email me? Do I want them to go to my website? You know, give them a call to action. Like people like to be led. They want it to be easy, right? It's like, okay, I do this, I do that. Oh, okay, he wants me to connect with him. Okay, I'll do that, you know? And it sounds really overly simplistic, but when you're explicit with, okay, here's how I can help and what you should do next, you don't leave them guessing. You may, oh, okay, this sort of thing. So I think, you know, in terms of leaving something out or putting it in, can you list sort of, yeah, at the call center, I did this. Yeah. Find that common thread between all of those different jobs, because there is an overarching theme. Even if you don't know it right now, if you you know talk it through with somebody, there's going to be something that attracted you to each role or something that you learned that's going to string together those things, even if they th- oh, they're very different in the roles or seniority or what I was doing, there's always going to be something and that's what sort of led it. And then you can, when you lead with that, then it makes sense for other people. You can, they can go, oh, okay, he did that there, 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 that makes sense because that's what he's about. But if you have to struggle and sort of persuade and, you know, cajole, your, and you're like, no, but I need to include this. No, you don't, you know? <laughs> and and the, the beauty of something like with your social media profiles, it's not forever. You can test a version of it out. And if you're finding that if you're like, eh, it doesn't feel right or I'm getting the wrong audience, right? That's not what I meant. Then maybe you know you need to do a little adjustment and tweak. So it's very fluid. And I encourage people to do that with their headlines, with, with the about section. It's just sort of the idea is you want to draw people, the right people to you naturally, right? Yeah, and you might yeah. get some others, right? Yeah. And that's okay. But you want your, your headline, your LinkedIn, you want it to work for you. It's a tool that can work for you. So help it help you.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of the quotes I love that you quoted from Sasha Strauss, you probably know what I'm talking about. What is, yeah. the, what is the quote?
1: Amy? It's on my wall. I and you yeah, I, your listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm looking yeah. on my wall right now because I still have it taped on my wall. It's you are something specific to a special feel. Kind of getting at, you know, when I talked about earlier, don't try to please everybody. Keep that, you know, intended audience in mind and let the others fall away and don't worry about it, about niching down, about being specific. When you're specific and you make it easy for those intended audience people to know who you are, what you're about, how you can help them, you'll be top of mind, right? They won't have to wonder, oh, you know, this woman, Amy, does like 500 things. It's like, well, she can't possibly be an expert. But if you lead with sort of your lead offering and this is, it's really clear. It does not, by the way, mean you can't do other things for clients. There are other writing things that I do for my clients, but you need to lead with sort of that main sort of offering, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, and, and I know we're kind of closing up here, but you really have a theme of really trying to understand that specific person, not just you, you know, everyone is the same to you you know in sales a lot of times i've heard you tell stories people kind of looked past you and they were just like i'm i'm selling this car to uh-huh. a person not selling a car to amy and her husband mm-hmm. and they're together and why are they coming in here and what is going on in their world going back to that question that you asked what what's going on in your world right. what brings you to our door you know it's mm-hmm. like it's just yeah, we know a lot of people that like to buy these cars. LinkedIn is a great example. We we just want to blast out, I mean you I I can't imagine the messages you get every day. Amy, you know, we free leads, buy our leads. Like people like you love our leads. Yeah. And and and, and, and I've seen you say like the four magical words. It's not about you, you know. <laughs> right. Like it's not about what you think people want. It's about what they want, you know, that, mm-hmm. that platinum rule like and Yeah. You know, so I Yeah, I'm just kind of curious, you know, if you could give advice to people like, look, Amy, folks, is not a a sales coach, but what she's doing is kind of the essence of what I truly believe has always been, you know, at the heart of selling is just, is that one on one person to person connection. And then the sale is just a byproduct of that connection, Mm -hmm. I I feel like. And and so, yeah, just some things that you would, you know, kind of, you know, say to people, those people maybe that are just bombarding you with messages all day. And I'm sure I can't imagine, I get a lot of them. So I I, I know you probably are just, you just want to hug that person and be like, you know, if I could shake you and tell you- I I
1: I like to think that they're well-intended people,
0: right? Um, yeah. but the whole smart people too, yeah. You
1: know, blast and see what sticks. It rarely works, right? I, I mean, you were so much better off doing just a modicum of research on who you're trying to reach out to. I'm sure you've got the same thing where people are trying to sell you sales courses or, you know, I've had people like, oh, well, you should do this. You know, We're and you can tell it's a script getting back to that sort of not deviating from where they'll send me a message and you can tell they've just, you know, inserted. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) different It's like,
1: you're not fooling anyone. You're really not. So I, I will tell you one of the easiest things that you can do that will impress people on LinkedIn is just, personalizing a message, a connection request, right? And I'm not just saying like put, hi, Amy, you know, and then your generic whatever, but uh, take a minute to let somebody know why you're reaching out to them, right? And please don't make it a pitch on your connection request because that will immediately get deleted or, or ignored or whatever. You know, I really try to connect with people that, you know, uh, operate first as a human that are relationship-based, not transaction-based. Just because I think about this, when you're meeting somebody, right? Your first impression is that connection request oftentimes, or sometimes when you're commenting on somebody's content or something, it's like, would you say that to them if you were like literally standing in front of them and you met them before? Would you like blast them with some generic sales pitch? Or would you like, hey, Amy, you know, I I loved that article or, wow, you just said this, or I don't know. I mean, it doesn't take much, honestly. And I will tell you this, for me personally, as a writer, that someone took like two seconds to actually write something to me. I'm like, ooh, you know, you don't have to flatter me, but just sort of, you know, anything that you took time to be like, hey, and I've had people be brutally honest. They're like, look, I may try to sell you something in the future, but honestly, I just want to connect with you because I'd like to learn from you or I'd like to do this or whatever. And I hope you're okay with that. You know, so it's, it's, it's just being like imperfectly perfect, right? Don't be afraid to screw it up. Nobody is perfect. I think we're all just doing the best we can, but if you kind of lead with, well, how would I talk to this person if they were literally right in front of me? That's a great Mm -hmm. starting point. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, once you've connected, if there's someone I know in my network and, you know, can I help them in some way, you know, and, and it's not, when I say help them in some way, It's not hitting that new connection up for, hey, can you write about my company in Forbes? Or can you, you know, give me this? I've had people do that constantly. I'm like, oh, Oh, my gosh, I don't even know you. (laughs) Right. But, you know, but I've also had people that we've been connected while and they're like, gosh, Amy, you know, my I don't know, my kid's going away to college and is interested in writing or you know, do you know anyone? Do you know any editors? Do you know, you know, something that's sort of related. I will always try my best to help. And if I can't help you, I will try to send you to somebody who can. But it's a real turnoff, I think, for most people to be just someone that, that treats you like a number that you're part of a list that sells you or just generically like shoots something out. You know, it's it's worse to get one of those messages as than it is to receive nothing, which is saying something, you yeah. know.
0: So, yeah, I've I've heard the, uh, just to kind of wrap up, I've heard the, I think Reid Hoffman, the CEO, founder of LinkedIn, say people use LinkedIn wrong. You know, most people use it to say, what can people do for me? You know, they connect mm-hmm. with people like, how can this person benefit my, yeah. my network and, you know, how can they help me versus just how many people can I help? Right, like,
1: right. I, yeah. If you are someone who becomes known as a helper, people know, like, and trust you which helps not only in sales, but just in life in general, right? That you are someone who puts out valuable content, that you connect people because it's just the right thing to do. And you think, wait, that, that might be helpful to those folks. Not with the expectation of reciprocity, by the way, but just because, you know, it tells a lot about you as a leader, as a human being, that that how you move through LinkedIn and through the world, it's doing that sort of thing. And ugh, I think there's so much that will come back to you, but you have to play the long game because relationships are long games. You're in it for the long haul. This is not a, you know, posting ghost or I'm gonna take, 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 take. And, you know, there are definitely people that do that. I try to avoid them like the plague, you know, when they show their true colors and ultimately they will. But most of the time, most of my network, most of the people that I follow and I'm connected with are truly givers and they make the time to help people. They don't have to. They do it because it's the right thing to do. And they know ultimately it'll come back to them or maybe not, but it's good to put that positivity out in the world. These are not the people, by the way, and this is another little pet peeve, sorry. But when you connect with someone, you're not giving your explicit permission to be added to their newsletter or or (laughs) database or whatever. So cut that out, people. Because that's an instant unsubscribe and that's yeah. not cool, you know, yeah. it, it's, you ask first and then someone says, yes, it's okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. I it just, it's, it's sort of the, the, you know, it, it, because it less about that person and it's all about you. It's all about, oh, it's all about me. You know, I'm, what can I take? What can I do? What can I leverage? Or then they try to leverage your network and you're like, oh no, you know, bad connection request. <laughs>
0: I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I've been invited to so many pages and newsletters. And I like, I don't even know these people really well. And like, I have so many newsletters, like I can't read a hundred newsletters. I couldn't work, you know, like I can, can, you know. (laughs) You know, Amy, I just so enjoy talking to you. Uh, Hopefully this is not the last time we we speak. I wanted to just kind of wrap up because I truly believe that, like you said, like, you know, you're something specific. We all have these unique things about us that what that's what, really helps us sell well is is who we are. No one has like your makeup. Like that's just this superpower. You, Amy, no one has Amy's smile and her, you know, <laughs> attitude and just quirkiness. She calls it weird sometimes, maybe not. Other people might say just it's, it's endearing, but I would just say it's a question about you and the unique human being that you are, and it's just a fun question. So it's, you know, it has stumped people. So we'll we'll oh, okay. we'll see if it stumps you. Uh oh. What is something that could only, if you had to really think about something about you, something that could only and would only happen to Amy Blatchka, and I, and this could be something I ask your husband, your kids. That is so totally Amy. That would only happen to Amy. What would that? Something.
1: Um, well, I yeah. kind of already said one, which is that random strangers oh, opening no, up to
0: right.
1: me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's Don't, very that Amy. Is, okay.
0: Okay. Your, your husband's like, uh, your kid that yeah, was, Why is he would agree. He would say, yep. Yep, 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 yep. Random just, person at the airport for an hour. I, or two.
1: Like. I do, and, and and you know, yeah. So that's very much me, and and so it's it's in person. Certainly, people like suddenly telling me everything, or I'll be in line, you know, get coffee, and it just someone just strikes up a conversation. I must have this aura. This one time, at
0: Amy, and you're like, <laughs> well,
1: I? in my yeah, my husband, my family, they all gonna roll their eyes, like, oh, it's happening again, mom, you know, whatever. But it's true, it does. And that sort of translates digitally, too. So I will get messages from people that I've never met in person, you know, that it just that they'll send me something and they'll open up and they they do divulge a lot. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, I mean, there was one to the point where I was like, I'm not qualified to this. I'm not, you know, like there was some deep stuff going on. I was like, um, but they felt like they're like, I just feel like I can tell you everything. I'm like, okay. Thank you know, you. so yeah. that's that's definitely uniquely Amy, I would say. I don't know. Uh, shoot, like, I, I feel like that's definitely like if we hadn't already talked about it. I would have been like, that's it. That's it. You know,
0: <laughs> that is uh, that's my favorite. Do, do you have what's your favorite story? Last, Like, do you have a favorite like moment when that happened to you and someone just, you know, not without divulging too much?
1: Um, I can say from like a previous professional life, I don't know if it's favorite, but it stands out as like a, okay, ooh. Yeah, yeah. so before I was doing this, I worked for like 10, 15 years in travel and tourism and I was running what's called a a CVB or a DMO, a destination marketing organization. So the, the yeah. tourism entity for that region. And we had five cities that we covered and the mayor of one of those cities had pulled me aside at one of these, you know, many events that you're at, right? And he started telling me stuff. And I was like, I don't think like I don't know what to do with he that information. <laughs> <of the
0: city>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not the mayor anymore. This was years oh, and years ago. Is- but I thought, oh my God, you know, like there like there's some like, um, okay, I don't that's your city council member and that's the oh, city no. manager. And oh, no. yeah. So <laughs> Not favorite, but more like, wow. So it's funny. I always joked about like when I left that job, I think I need to write like a pilot for TV because the crazy characters I would meet in this industry, (laughs) 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 one of those, and maybe let it play out that way. Fictionally, (laughs) you know, so.
0: Hey, you know, you heard it first. Maybe like ten years from now, like the idea was sprung on the on the podcast. But all right, well, Amy Blachka, I just so enjoyed talking to you. Where can people, you know, not like share their life stories if they want to, but you know, kind of connect with you and just uh, maybe, you know, not pitch you, but just actually genuinely say something they found out from this podcaster. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, so I mean, I I have a website. It's amyblashka.com. So I'm sure you'll have in the show notes because it's a lot of consonants in the last name. And then you can find me on social media. I think LinkedIn is probably my primary platform there. And then I am Twitter and Instagram and I'm on Clubhouse, but I only go into there once in a while because that it's been great, but it's also a lot of time. But that's cool. And then, of course, you can find me on Forbes. I'm a leadership contributor there. I'm, I'm Always writing at least weekly. It's five a month, you know, uh, columns there or or, or articles there. And then I would love it if you would become a subscriber to my newsletter. Yes, another newsletter. But you you even get it. It's pretty good. Illuminate me with that newsletter. I guarantee that you will learn at least one thing with every edition. Every every newsletter comes out. You either learn a new word or you're going to get a how-to or a takeaway. That's always my goal is to provide you with more value than you had going in. So that's at amyblashka.substack.com. But that is all over my website and my social media platform. So you can find that lots of places.
0: And I will co-sign it for everyone who's listening and, you know, see what she did there, gang. She just asked you, you know, we're not going to blast you with uh, with it. With yes, I won't
1: just <laughs> automatically add you, I promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Amy Blatchka, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for pleasure. having me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans and this podcast is proof. All right, see you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.